One of the things that we decided right off the bat when we started this podcast was we would not let just anybody sponsor us. To get on here and be a sponsor, you have to share the same values and you have to have the same heart uh, as we do. And you have to be providing something that's very important to us. And coffee is very important to us. And that's why we've been very happy to have Juniper Mountain Trading Post Coffee as our personal sponsors here on the channel. They're the company that provides all the coffee for the school. It's the coffee that we drink personally at home. And, uh, and we're very, very happy. They're a family-owned company that does everything themselves. And they have the same standards and the same heart that we do. So if you're looking for a, a quality coffee company, uh, go to junipermountaincoffee.com. And when you check out, make sure that you plug in and type in Dry Creek, all one word, for a 10% discount. Hello again. Welcome to the podcast. Um, if it sounds a little bit hollow on the audio, I'm actually in the um, front living quarters of my horse trailer. And uh, so... I think the sound is a little different in here. I'm not quite up to Joe Rogan's level of sitting at a table with an expensive mic system and all this. So I got my phone here in my lap and I got to go where I can find, get away from the noise, out of the wind and out of the cold. And, and uh, so this is just Dwayne keeping it real like normal. Um, I did a one of the episodes on the podcast I did the other day, I sat in my chair in the room in there and recorded it, recorded the whole thing, and then went back to listen to it to check the sound. And I had the mic on. The mic was actually working at that time. And uh, and so I was sitting right... I have a large cigar humidor, uh, a, a pretty big one. And it actually has a compressor in it like a refrigerator does. And that I was sitting beside that and it was running the whole time and I didn't realize it. And I had to completely redo that whole episode because you couldn't hardly hear anything because of the, the, uh, the running of that humidor. And there's so much ambient, ambient, ambient background noise in there. And it's kind of hard to find a place to get away from that stuff. So we're in here. We're going to, we're going to try this today. So you might hear a little bit of noises in the background. I found me a comfortable chair. Um, but it's kind of creakly, and when I move very much, and then, of course, you're always going to hear in the background, every once in a while, you hear a lighter fire up and as I touch up my cigar. Uh, Don Lino, Africa, uh, the 6x60 today, and uh, so we're going we're gonna to see if we can't just chat for a little bit here. Um, I did a... The last video I did on YouTube is the one I was sitting in the truck and I was talking about um, the speech by Teddy Roosevelt, the man in the arena. And I mentioned my two top historical, my favorite two historical people, uh, if you want to say heroes, is Teddy Roosevelt and Winston Churchill. And somebody got on there and commented like somebody always does. Winston Churchill was one of the most vile, evil men that ever lived, whatever, uh, which by the way is not true. 
and it's very foolish. Uh, was he a perfect man? No, he wasn't. Was he kind of, um, did he drink a lot? He drank prodigiously. Um, and he was kind of a, a, a abrasive fella, I guess. And, and, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't a, um, a kind, genteel sort of fella, but he did great things. And we're not all speaking German today, in my opinion, in a large part to Winston Churchill. Uh, Winston Churchill was a great man. I don't know if he was a good man, but he was a great man. And that's kind of what I want to chew on and think about today. Not all great men are good men. And not all good men are great men. But because a great man is not necessarily a good man, at least not in all areas of his life, it does not change the fact that he's a great man. What makes a man a great man is the great things that he accomplishes. Now, we have a very, very serious, ugly problem in our own country here in the United States today over this issue right here. The great men that have come before and that have done great things. People are going through their history and through their life and through their writings and they're finding something that they don't agree with. And they're trying to erase them from history. And they're saying because he was not a good man based on this, then he wasn't a great man. And if you erase the history of all the great men in your country or in the world in history, what do you have? What do you have to look at and to learn from? What do you have to say, that's what they accomplished, that's what they did, that's what we need to accomplish, that's, it's, it doesn't make it doesn't make any sense. Um, and there are good men out there. There are good men out there who will never do great things. They'll just be good. And it's good to be good. But in a world that has great problems, it takes great men to fix them. And a lot of times the very things that make a man great in order to do great things, in order to fix great problems, those things will not lend itself to him being a good man. But the other problem is, is we come up with our own, our own definition, our own viewpoint of what is good and what is great. And usually, a lot of times, people do that based on how they're feeling at the moment. Uh, sometimes they have very self-centered, very weak, very selfish means, purposes, for turning around and canceling somebody because that person is not good. Um, because they will never accomplish anything in their life. And anyone who does accomplish great things makes them look small. 
And they don't want to do great things in order to be great. They just don't want to look small. And so if a small person is standing beside a great person, they don't want to rise to the level of the great person. They want to tear the great person down to their level. Um, now, I, I am a, a, I'm a, a very avid, long-time student of history. And not just history of what the books, the history books say. History, mainstream history is written by the winners. And it's always slanted. Okay? If you are going to a university or to a high school or to a grade school or to an elementary school or you're, and you're studying a history class, there are as many lies in that class as there is truth. Because that history, it was written by whoever won. And it's all slanted to their view. So you cannot be a student of history if you do not do the work and have the diligence as well as the courage to deliberately search for the other side of the story. Because history is two stories. It's two sides to one story. Let me put it like that. And you'll not get the full true history if you don't look at both sides of the both sides of the history, uh, the winner and the loser, because the loser has a story to tell as well. All right. So we you look at people look at uh, who who who's the favorite um, whipping boy in this day and age. Some of them for. Thomas Jefferson, all right? Thomas Jefferson, they, they point to slavery, and rightly so. That wasn't, okay? Uh, and, you know, they talk about Sally Hawkins and the stuff there. I do not doubt that there were things that Jefferson did that made him not a good man. I have a, in my library, I have a Jefferson Bible. Now, have you ever heard of a Jefferson Bible? Uh, people have the, the Christians have the misconception that many of our founding fathers were Christian. They weren't. Uh, Thomas Jefferson was not a Christian. Benjamin Franklin was not a Christian. Uh, they were deists to a degree. A Jefferson Bible, I have it. He took the New Testament and he said Jesus was a good man and everything that Jesus said, his teachings were all good. Uh, but he rewrote the New Testament, at least the four Gospels, and he took out all reference to the deity of Christ and all reference to any miracles or supernatural. And so he boiled it down to what his view of what it ought to be. He made it palatable to him. Now, I find that arrogant in the extreme. If you want to believe a faith, then believe the faith. If you don't want to believe it, don't believe it. But don't be so arrogant that you carve it up into your own image and into what you want it to be. Um, and again, like we said, these, these deals with slavery... And yes, there was double standard in the Constitution. 
All right, all men are created equal, but these men had slaves and they did not outlaw slavery. I mean, all of this is problematic, but stop and step back and do not ignore the things that are problematic, but look at the entire picture. In the scheme of things, these men did great things. They did great things. Uh, I, I saw, I read the other day in a news article that the, um, the, um, is it the Virginia Military Institute or West Point is erasing the history of Robert E. Lee. That's problematic. Now people say, well, Robert E. Lee fought to preserve slavery. No, he did not. I've studied this very deeply. I've read his writings and I've read his history. Uh, Robert E. Lee wrote a letter. I, I'm illustrating something, okay? Just hold on with me. Robert E. Lee wrote a letter to his brother. And in that letter, he said that, and, I, and I'm not even pretending to try to quote, okay? Look it up. Uh, he said that slavery is not defendable. Slavery is not sustainable. It is not a good institution. Now, I'm, I'm putting his thing into my words, okay? I'm, I don't... Uh, and he said, but what he feared was that if we, in one fell swoop, uh, um, end slavery all at once, then the slaves who had not been allowed to be educated would find themselves ill-equipped to, uh, to start over and to make it. And so what he thought should be done was that um, the slave should be prepared for freedom and slavery should be, um, what's the word I want? Phased out. Now, if you look at that and you listen to that right now in the, through the, microphone of today's culture and today's society and through the lens of looking back through history uh, you may say there's a horrible horrible problem with that but the men of their time looked things through the prism of what they had available to them and he fought for the confederacy because he fought for Virginia and he said the federal government cannot have the right and the liberty to send the military into our states and demand that our states. You got to understand that the governments back then were different. And I'm not defending or opposing either side. I'm saying that because a man made a decision and you look at that one decision and you do not look at all of the aspects of that decision, and you say, you know what? That was not a great man. That was a terrible man. And then you erase him from history. Uh, you lose a, a great deal. You lose a huge chunk of the soul of this country. Now, people look at, and rightly so, okay? Rightly so. They look at what happened, uh, what has happened over the years between the federal government and the Native Americans and they say these were evil, evil men. 
No, they weren't evil men. They made wrong decisions. They had views of things that do not align with their, align with our view today, and bad things happened. But in the grand scheme and the whole scheme of things, there were men who were not good men, but they did great deeds. Um, they did great things. And we, we make a terrible mistake in our view of life, our view of history, our view of humanity and where it has come from, our view of our country, when we decide that great men are not great because they are not good. I'll give another example. And this one pains me. Uh, this one kind of hurts me. Uh, in, in, the, in the church, in the Christian realm, uh, for a lot of years, there was a man, I listened to him, a lot of his, um, what's the word I want? Speeches, seminars, questions and answers at colleges. I've got some of his books. I read his books. Some of his books helped me a great deal. And he, uh, he was a giant of our time in apologetics. Apologetics is where you explain the doctrines and the Bible, the doctrines of Christianity, and you lay it out logically and clear. Um, his name was Ravi Zacharias. And uh, his book, little tiny book, The Lotus and the Cross, um, I mean, you can sit down if you're a good reader, you can sit down and read it in an hour. It was a, an imagined conversation set in Thailand um, between Jesus and Buddha. We're having a conversation about the future of a Thai prostitute that was in the boat there with them who was dying of AIDS. And this book changed my life because it allowed me to see how you can have a conversation with a different viewpoint and still remain um, gracious and, uh, and gentle, but logical and reasonable and speak the truth, but speak the truth uh, in love. It, it, he did tremendous work. He passed away a few years ago. And it, it came out just right after he passed away or just before that he had, um, how do I say, he had had a number of affairs. And I didn't look into detail, but it was pretty. Um, he had uh, relationships off and on over the years with different women. Now, that's not good, especially for a preacher, especially for a man who stands up, who's a man of God, that definitely goes against uh, all that, you know, all that we stand for. And I've had, you know, when I mentioned that Ravi Zacharias in a, in a video I did before on books that I recommend, books that have changed my life, I had good people get on and people who are Christians and church people say, look, I, I wouldn't recommend that because, you know, Ravi Zacharias, we found out he did this. Yes, he did. He absolutely did. And it is not defensible. 
It's not excusable and it's not okay. That does not negate the truth that he put out. He did for that side of things, for that genre, his writings, helping and and talking and explaining things to young people, to colleges. Uh, He was kind of a Christian version, did for Christianity what Ben Shapiro does for politics and culture today. He traveled around the universities, took questions, and he was always so clear and concise and gentle and respectful when answering these questions from these young people. Um, did he? Did we find out that he had some personal behavior that would make him uh, less than good in that area? Yes. So if he wasn't a good man, and I don't think that one thing in and of itself makes a man not good, but it's a not good thing he did. Does that mean he's not a great man? No. If you take every man that ever put out a powerful piece of literature or a powerful piece of music or a powerful painting or a powerful speech and you find something in their life that is not good, so you cancel that person out, we lose everything. We lose everything. Because men are just men. And you'll not find a perfect man. You will not find a perfect man. and But you will find men who strive to accomplish great things. And men who did not strive to accomplish great things. Men who were thrust into greatness against their will. And if you dig in anybody's life, if you did dig back in anybody's history, you will find not good things. Not good things things. Great men are not great because they're good. Great men are not great because they're good. Great men are great because they do great things. And we need to accept and learn from and embrace the greatness without embracing the not goodness. Okay? The misbehavior. Um, if you go back, and this is a very contentious thing today, but if you go back and you look at the, the uh, Revolutionary War, you look at the Constitution, you look at, and you actually study the history all the way out, there was a terrible time, there were terrible things that were happening, England was not a good place at that time. There was no religious freedom. There was no political freedom. Uh, And people came over here to start another country and to get out from under oppression. Taxation without representation, which we're very much getting into that again today. And so to come over here and start out such a small number And to build a country, to build a constitution from scratch, and to provide what they provided, the freedom, 
and the expansion in this country that they did, that was a great thing. Were there mistakes made? Yes. Were there um, concepts that were presented that were not accurate, that were not good, that were not helpful to all people? Absolutely. Cannot deny that. Does that does that um, take away from what they did? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. When I I cannot put into words how harmful and how devastating it is when we allow our culture and our society to rip all greatness out of our history and out of our life. Now I'm going to really, really make somebody mad right here. Okay? I'm going to really make somebody mad. And, uh, and I don't want to do that. All right? Donald Trump is not a good man. He's not a good man. He's not a likable man. He's not a personable man. He's arrogant to the extreme. He's loud. Uh, he's, he's obnoxious. He says idiotic things. He's just, there's a lot of things. He does not treat women with respect. He has a bad history of that. But he brought the races in this country together like no president had done. Our, our uh, gas prices and our food prices and things had gone down to the level. Uh, he did great things in this country. But a lot of people didn't like it. And they refused to see the great things that he did. Because he wasn't a good man. And so now what we wound up with is this geriatric, senile, corrupt, crooked, lying, weak administration that we have now. Because uh, people have a twisted idea of this thing between greatness and goodness. Now we have a president that's not great. And he's not good either. Um, and so we... We need to, oh man, how, how can I, uh, we have such a tendency today to try to bring everything down to our level. We try to bring everything down to our level. We, this country cannot stand greatness anymore. It won't tolerate it. Uh, it won't tolerate greatness anymore. It, anybody that stands up to be great, to do great things, we set out to destroy them. Um, it's, uh, and you can't speak and act for the country, for the culture, for society as a whole, but you can change your viewpoint. You cannot let them suck your soul dry from all things that are powerful, all things that are historical, all things that are life-changing, 
all things that rise above the mediocrity and the commonality of the drudge in the ditch. You cannot, you can keep yourself from buying into that lie. Uh, admire the great men for their greatness. And do not accept their weaknesses and their fallibility, uh, their mistakes, their sins. You don't have to, you don't have to put your stamp of approval on that. Uh, but you can reject that and still look at and accept great things. We need heroes today. All right. If ever we needed heroes, we need heroes today. And, uh, we don't, we don't have heroes from history anymore. Our universities have destroyed them and tore them down and they're offering you in their place things that are just apparitions that are smoke and mirrors things that are not real okay um and they i don't even know the depth of it i don't know why this society even in fiction if you when i grew up i wasn't a big comic book guy as a kid i mean i saw some i you know i had Spider-Man comics and, you know, the uh, every once in a while I'd get a comic book when I was in school. And, you know, one of my favorite comic book heroes was Thor. I mean, he was just noble and he was powerful and he was just... But you look at today, you look at the last um, Thor movies and this director from New Zealand has set about to deliberately remove all that is heroic from our heroes and the last two or three which I didn't miss it I don't watch many movies but I couldn't even stomach the thought of watching the last Thor movies because of the laughing stock and the 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 um, pale shadow that they deliberately turned the heroes into it's just especially you know Thor and he's not he is a he is a to me he's a fictional now I know there's there's people out there who actually um you know worship Thor and the pantheons of the gods and everything and and you know that's fine but to me he was a fictional picture of the power and masculinity of a man and the great things that he could do. Okay, that's what he was to me. But our society has to destroy the heroic. You look at, if you actually study what Robert E. Lee did with what little bit he had to work with, that was heroic. It was heroic. And he was offered the control of all the Union armies and he said I cannot go against Virginia um, Virginia was his home state I cannot go against Virginia and so he took a lot less powerful a lot less 
um, optimistic position because of what he believed in. And then he shook Washington to its core uh, there for a while. I mean, it was it was heroic. And we what Winston Churchill accomplished in rallying together uh, Great Britain and the Allies and fending off and holding back the Nazis, it was heroic. And you can't let them take that away from you. And there may be good men in your life today. There may be great men in your life today. And maybe those great men in your life today, you find things that are not good. And so your tendency is to just write them off. Well, don't do that. All right? Don't do that. Now, ultimately, if we're going to, if someone is going to strive to do great things and to be great, ultimately, we want to be good. I mean, that's ultimate, a great man that is a good man. And, uh, but don't, don't let society today steal your soul and steal your history and steal the reality of this great country. Because I don't care what they say. I do not care what they say. This is the greatest country on earth. It's not as great as it used to be. One of the founding fathers said that America will continue to be great as long as America is good. And we're not as good as we used to be. So we're not as great as we used to be, but we're still great. And no country on earth has risen to the heights that this country has. No country on earth has has done the has bled more for other countries than this country has. Don't don't let them take away your national pride. If you don't have pride in your your home country and who you are. Um part of this comes to me from like I, I've mentioned before, I've been in several different countries and, and there are things in this country that today I'm just, I'm heartbroken over and I'm disgusted at and I see bad, bad times coming. But you know, I get like that and I go overseas and like I said, I've been in nine different countries and I go overseas and then I come home and it's still, there's no country like this country. There is no country like this country. Um, so I don't kind of rambling today, kind of bouncing off the walls all over the place. Um, but, uh, just maybe a little bit of perspective, just another way to look at things. And, uh, so we'll, uh, we'll catch you guys next time.